What's shaking, cats and kittens? Rob Lee here with a special message from this month's presenting sponsor. So I got a question. What was the first Black-owned business in America to offer publicly traded stock? Hmm, stumped? Here's a hint. You definitely want to see how the sausage gets made on this one. Learn about it in our food gallery at the Baltimore Museum of Industry. Details at thebmi.org. Also, use the code TRUTH50, that is TRUTH50, and you'll get 50% off of admission at the front desk or use it when you're purchasing tickets online. So again, visit thebmi.org. Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for checking me out. Um, today, I have the privilege of chatting with an award-winning journalist, TV host, radio host, and a podcaster. You're, 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 you're traveling in my lanes now. Please welcome Elsa M. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, how are you? I am traveling in your lane. You got to share. <laughs> yeah, I got to share. Just, you know, we're not hogging the lanes here. Um, <laughs> so so thank you for making the time and um, hopping on this this podcast. And um, I, I want to start out by, I gave those really like sparse, you copy and paste them off someplace online, kind of like details about your background. But can you give us the vital stats? What's your background? Where'd you grow up? Things of that nature. And really yeah. give us that, 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 that early dive in. Sure. Yeah, I was um, I was born in Alabama, actually, little known fact, but I was raised in Wisconsin. Um, I moved up to Wisconsin. I was like three months old. So you got to claim the cheese state. Um, but I grew up in Wisconsin, went to school in Wisconsin, went to University of Wisconsin, left Wisconsin for my first job in upstate New York. I was a bureau reporter for a Rochester, New York station, um, but I was in the Finger Lakes area. So I was in town. Geneva, New York, 14,000 people, and I was a reporter anchor there. Um, I was what they called back then a one-man band, but now a MMJ. So I had to shoot my own stuff, edit everything. It was it was all of the things. But I did that for a year. I got a promotion. I got to go to actual Rochester, so the city, instead of um, being in a bureau. And I was there for two and a half years. And during actually, no, one and a half years, that stint. Um, and I was there, and I was also filling in at the morning radio station, mm -hmm. WDKX. Um, was it was the morning, um, the morning drive. So there was already a female co-host, and um, when she was sick or on vacation, they would bring me from TV to fill in, and that's when I got the bug of radio, and I loved it. Um, TV, I really liked. I loved to write and I loved to tell stories, um, but you're a vessel for other people's stories. Yeah. And when you're in radio, it is a little bit about you and you're in a hot mic and you can say what you want and, and they let me go. So <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, but my bread and butter was in TV news. And so I got another job in Louisville, Kentucky as an honor reporter for the Fox affiliate in, um, in Louisville. And so I left and I was there a year um, and after a year, if they like you, they sign you to a three-year contract. And I remember thinking, I cannot live in Kentucky for another three years. No diss to Kentucky. I know a lot of y'all are from Louisville <laughs> and you love it. I love it during the Derby. It was not for me in the long term. Um, and I got the opportunity to come back to Rochester, my old market, to host that radio show full time. That, that woman left this time. And so they gave me the show. And I came back for radio and then went to a different TV station that time. So I was there and I did that for about four years. And then I met, um, who is now my ex-husband, but my fiance at the time, and moved down to DC where he lived. 
and I got out of the business completely. I was out of the business for six, seven years. I got into, um, I worked for a nonprofit. Um, Bono from U2 has um, a nonprofit called The One Campaign. Mm -hmm. So I was the deputy press secretary for that campaign, which did a lot of outreach in Africa. Um, my dad is from Ethiopia, so it was a cause near and dear to my heart. And I did that for about a year before switching to tech marketing and working for Yelp. And I worked for Yelp for about six years. And I sort of spearheaded, this is before their IPO, so they weren't very big like they are now. Um, and so it was nice to see their growth with that. So I worked with a lot of local businesses and did all the marketing and, and worked out sponsorship trades. And now I will wrap this up because I know I'm long-winded, but a lot happened during this time. And um, I got the opportunity. I, I saw that um, my station currently, WMAR Channel 2 in Baltimore, Maryland, was launching a new show, and that was Midday Maryland. And I had made a promise to myself years ago that I would never return to TV unless it was doing exactly what I wanted to do. I could yeah. not cover any more fires or murders or anything like that. And I was good at it. You know, I, I won my Murrow for breaking news, so it wasn't something that I could not do. I just did not want to do anymore. Right. It didn't sit right with me and my soul. So coming back to launch a show that was all about the positive things in Baltimore, especially because you know how they come for Baltimore, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I live closer to D.C. I actually live in Bethesda, but I love Baltimore. I love the people of Baltimore. I drive purposefully an hour to get there. Yeah. Um, so to have a show where I'm celebrating not just the city but the state all of the events all the local business owners that i came to know especially working at yelp yeah. um i've been doing that now this year actually what is it it's may now going into june yeah we're coming up on five years five wow. years of doing this show um and i love it i i host it day in and day out i love it i love my team and i'm happy so that's the bread and butter i do do commercials and some other stuff too but you asked me one question and I just went for like 10 minutes. So. No, no, no. That's, I mean, you gave you gave me the, the real thing. I, I, I wish that everyone can give that instead of, hey, tell me about your work. I do stuff. Next question. I was like, well, I had a lot of jobs. Rob. <laughs> I had a lot of jobs. I was like, where is the money? Who's giving me checks? I will be there. <laughs> but but I def definitely keyed on to a couple of things that you said there. Just, you know, having something that that's positive And I think that kind of dovetails into the, this notion that it was obviously a lack in, in terms of mm. reporting on some of those cool things that are happening here. And in addition to that, just, you know, you can do something and do it great. But it's like, is it what I want to do? do? Does it really fulfill me and enrich my soul? And, you know, I could do some corny barbershop talk podcast and, you know, talk about, oh, you know, the Will Smith slap and all of that. I don't care yeah. about that. I, yeah. I care about, you know, that that can be a, a conversation that can be fun and enriching. Yes. And I can do that very well. But at the same time, I well, think you evolved too. Yeah. You know, so I did a lot of that when I was doing the morning radio show, but I was in my mid 20s. I was talking about everybody. I remember I had an interview with Ray J and Ray J had done something and I just charged him up like, yo, you are a talented man. Why are you writing all these women's coattails? Like, why are you doing this? Like, and why do you talk greasy about women? Like I came for people yeah. now. I mean, he deserved it. I'm not going to say he didn't, but in what the years since then, 
you evolve, you change. There's a way to read somebody for filth without really reading them. You know, like you can yeah, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> in a more graceful way. So I look at those things and sometimes I'm a little mortified. And then other times I'm like, you know what? That's what we call growth. So mm -hmm. it's all right. Um, but I think with news, I love news. I love writing. I love storytelling. I love meeting people, interviewing them. I think there were a lot of times within the newsrooms that I was fighting a battle where people were not in and of our communities. And so they were almost these gatekeepers about mm -hmm. the stories that we could tell. Yeah. And it took me a lot to leave because I felt like it was my duty. If I leave, who's gonna tell these stories or who's gonna fight for these stories? Yeah. So I have to be. But even that is a little bit of ego because there are plenty of other wonderful black journalists yeah. who have that energy to keep with that fight. Yeah. And I could also tell these stories in a different way, my own platform in print on TV, maybe a different vehicle um, and do that in a way that sat right with my soul, but also satisfied that desire to help my people um, the way that I, I wanted to. So I did battle with that leaving yeah. news because I felt like I didn't want to leave anyone in the lurch. But I realized that I could do that in a different way. And I'm glad that I did. I'm much better for it. That's yeah. good to hear. I, yeah. um, you know, I was, I, was, I was telling you a little bit before we got started, I was coming back from NYC and having a few people that recognized me. I was like, oh, you know me? I was like, I'm in Baltimore, you know? And then, and one of those things of, you know, having having all mutual friends, like, no, you're like the best po podcast in Baltimore. I was like, what are people saying? Why are people acting like that? that's your, that's not the case? And other people saying, oh, you're the voice of Baltimore. And I'm like, trying not to let that oh, go to wow. my head in some regards, but that's also- be the voice. <laughs> but also going back to this, this idea as to why I'm doing it. It's like, yeah. you know, sure, to your to your point, like other people could 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 do this, other people could take this lane and say, you know, these are the types of stories I want to tell. And there's a little bit of that ego that's in there for me that says, yeah, but I'm, they're not going to do it the way that I'm doing it. They're not going to do it the rate that I'm doing it. And, you know, I've been doing this thing for 13 years. And, yeah. you know, it's it's big. It's important to me. It's that calling for me. And, that's um, yeah, that's, that's so really what that it regard, is. So in that regard, that's not ego. That's a calling. That's, that's, that's a different thing. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you're able to do that because you've created that. So imagine if you are working for somebody else and mm -hmm. they're telling you what stories you can cover mm -hmm. and you're pitching great stories and you know they're important to your community, but because they're not of your community mm -hmm. or they, they don't get it. They could say, no, 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 don't do that story or do that story later. That was a problem that I had. And then I was like, stop telling me, no, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. I'm going to do it a different way, you know, or I'm going to get someone else to do it. Like there's going to be, you know, it's going to get done. That's very much what's been happening. And that, that, that lane of being kind of in this freelance DIY world of, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll just edit it myself, send that over. And yeah, now it's right? out. You could have well, put your I'll name on you it. <laughs> so that's what happened when I stepped away from news. And, um, you know, I was working for the nonprofit. It was a big nonprofit, it was an international profit. So that kept me busy. And then working for Yelp, which was a startup, that kept me busy. I still launched a podcast. Um, Jeff Johnson, he actually lives in Baltimore, but he is um, known, you know, nationwide as well. And um, we started a podcast together before people were doing podcasts. This was mm, 2000, oh gosh, I can't even remember maybe 12, 13, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and what he told me it was, it was, he said it was a streaming radio show. If you go online, you can watch us in studio. Yeah. 
Um, and then as we were concluding, maybe about a year and a half later, he was like, oh, yeah, it's on iTunes. I was like, what's on iTunes? He's like, our audio is a podcast. I was like, oh, I've been doing a podcast. I've heard of those things. I've heard of those things. So I did an entire podcast for a year and a half, not realizing because I was such a TV person. Right. You know, and all I was thinking about is if you go to this website, you could see me yeah. as I'm talking about these topics as if it's radio. But I say all that to say is that no one was paying me for that. Right. You know, we hoped it would get lucrative. But no one's paying me, but I did it anyway because that was the calling. Yeah. Something else was paying the bills, but that was the calling. So you're doing the right thing where you create your own. I think I'm a little jealous of the people that are coming up right now because when I was coming up, you didn't have all that. You didn't just record on your phone and get on Zoom and just do it. Like yeah. it took a little bit more. You had a big ass camera and you had to walk <laughs> around with a big ass tripod and a big ass light. And like you had to do all the things. And now it's just like, oh, just create. And I, I love that. I love yeah. that. You know, it's just the, the talent and the skill that speaks for itself. As long as you put it out there, it's a great yeah. time to be a journalist and a storyteller and a podcaster is a great time. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I want to talk about um, you like getting your, your start into journalism or have you. What was that? Uh, describe that first assignment. How was that? Because I, I, that might stick out because usually the first stick out and like maybe the worst stick out, maybe the best, you know, how we kind of qualify it. But what was that first one that sticks out when I think about what I do? The first thing that sticks out was me roasting a, a player from <laughs> the Washington, now Washington football team. I was like, I don't like this team. He made $90 million. I'm fat. Why can't I take his job? That's literally what my first podcast was. And I, I hope I've grown a lot since. <laughs> I'm sure you have. We all have. I don't even want to listen to some of the old stuff. And then sometimes I do because I just want to laugh. Um, the first assignment, honestly, it was so long ago at this point. I don't even want to make it up. I do not remember what it was. But I will say my first experience on air I remember um, because it wasn't supposed to happen. I was just an, an intern at Wisconsin Public Television and I worked with some amazing people at Wisconsin Public Television. To this day, I'm so thankful for that internship because that is what helped me even more so than my internships at commercial stations. That's what helped me land my first job. And I was able to land my first job a month before I even graduated um, because of the work that I did at Wisconsin Public Television. So um, I helped create a new show. Um, they signed me on for two years. And then as part of the new show, um, one was a political show and the other one that I worked on was like a news magazine, sort of out and about Wisconsin. So similar to what I'm doing now. Um, but they told me that they needed me just to do a um, what you said segment. That's what we called it. So it was just me doing man on the street interviews. Yeah. But it was the first time I was going to be in front of the camera and editing and putting it together. And it was going to air, you know, it's going to air. It's going to actually be on TV. And I think when people believe in you like that, when you're that young, I was 19, maybe 20, 21, when they start believing in you and they say, okay, we're gonna do it. They've never done that before. It was just, it was a vote of confidence. And when you believe in yourself, those things start happening. They really, really do. But I was very, very thankful for that internship. And then subsequently, um, I will say WDKX in Rochester, New York, I never thought I'd do radio. In fact, when they called me up and they asked me to fill in, I said, um, no, I'm a TV person. I don't I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, the PD said you'll be fine, so come in. <laughs> okay. 
But you know what that was? It was a Black-owned radio station, owned and operated, family-owned, and they just liked me. And they figured, like, okay, if, if she's not good, we'll help her be good. Yeah. Luckily, I was good. Not bragging, but I was. And then it stuck. But that sort of those moments where people believe in you and they just give you a shot, even when you think you're too young or you, you're not ready yet, and they do that, those were pivotal. So I don't remember the first thing I said on the mic. I don't remember those first stories, but I remember how they made me feel. Yeah. Um, and I always try, because I've had some really crappy internships too. Um, and I am very big on mentorship. I have many mentees. Um, I keep in touch with the people who, <laughs> I, have, I keep in touch with the people who were mentors of mine, even now. Like I, they're not mentors anymore, but I call them my board of advisors. Yeah. You know, if I've got something, I know that I can call this person or I got a question, I got this person or I got my people. Um, but I make sure that I give that back. Yeah. Um, especially I was the first Ethiopian reporter in, in the States, like on air TV reporter. Um, and now there are many and I love it. It makes me really, really excited to see it. Yeah. Um, in part, because I know what they had to go through. You have to go through, you know, parents that are like, you should be a doctor. You should be an engineer. You should be a lawyer. So when you come out saying, I'm going to be a journalist, it's like, uh, uh, what's like, happening? A what? Um, <laughs> Why? So I make sure the minute, yes, exactly. I make sure the minute that I see them on the come up, I'm like, oh, what's up? Hey, are you good? Um, so that's been good. But I, you know, just in general, it's been, it's been a ride and I'm, I'm still riding it. There's so much more ahead. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I've uh, really been trying to ride this wave of not saying no to things and just kind of mm -hmm. getting out that comfort zone and to, to make yourself a known, make myself a known commodity. It's like, oh, yeah, we see you. Oh, yeah. How can we help you? How can we move you along? We see that you're putting in this work. We see that yeah. you're putting in this effort. And what's natural for me, uh, because of because of taste in part, it's like, look, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Let me help you make a good one versus you just wasting time making a bad one. So yeah. I, I try to lend myself and extend myself in a way that um, you know, it helps out people who are interested and don't know really how to get started and don't know really what that approach is. Instead of let's just record something that might not be good. It's like, look, you should do 10 of them, get an idea of what you want to do, things of that nature and, and giving them tips that I've, I've, I've learned over the time that I've been doing and, and consulting for like colleges and, and helping yeah. out in that way. And I think those types of relationships are very important because um, sometimes you'll see someone that might look like us or have a similar background and then they get a shot and he might not be ready for it and then somebody else that comes along that might look like them may not get that same opportunity they may or not they won't help like yeah. i remember one of my crappy internships i was so excited because there was a black anchor who worked there and again i was in college and everyone else there was so nice to me except for her <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I remember that I was like, how are you threatened by me? I'm an intern. I can't come for your job. You are an anchor. <laughs> and I've seen her. I've seen her over the years as she's gone to different markets. Um, I mean, I've not seen her in person, but I've seen her on TV. And I will never forget that experience. Every time I see her, I remember how she made my, me feel. And not in a bad way, but more so I will never make someone else feel like that. Yeah. I will always be helpful. Um, but it is. That's an interesting phenomenon, and we could talk about that a lot. Like, yeah. That whole "I want to be the only"—that's just dumb. Like it, it, it makes no—it makes no sense. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help us. I'm not for it. Same. <laughs> I'm same. not for it. 
same it's, yeah. it's, it's either that or it's well it's two of y'all so y'all naturally competitors right i was like nah we, i don't even is, know her like i don't i'm doing this <laughs> and um, in that i want her to shine like yeah. if there's only two of us all the more reason that both of us have to shine what I, the logic escapes me i cannot yeah <laughs> the best thing is just kind of just follow what the, the, the that guiding light for you that north star Absolutely. keep following it and then let well, everything else just be the noise you know that's Literally, there's enough for all of us so that I just don't, I don't get it. But you don't have me go off. Let me <laughs> so, so you, from what, from the, from the research, from the reading, you've been described as unafraid, unconfined and unbothered. Uh, what do you think it is about your approach to uh, journalism that has, has made you so successful? And, and beloved, actually, because I, I read that oh. recently, too. It's like, oh, yeah, Elsa's our favorite. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. and I'm happy I'm interviewing her now. <laughs> it adds to it. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I've always been authentic, right down to my hair. Um, I remember there's been a couple of times, you know, in my career where I knew it would be easier to do something else. So when I first started out, I, you know, I had a relaxer when I was just growing up in general, all through college, all that. So when I started my first job, I still had a relaxer, but there was, I wanted to wear my hair natural. And, um, and this was early. My first job was 2003 and I went natural on air in 2005. I didn't do that thing where people ask for permission. I'm not asking any other grown person for permission for anything. I too am grown. Right. So. You know, a lot of people would do that. They go in, they ask their news director, hey, you know, can I change? I just walked in natural, like, say something, let's see. No one really said anything, you know, a little like, oh, that's different. I was like, mm-hmm, test me, watch me, what, what, what's the next thing coming up? And they did it. And I think, um, I think knowing yourself, not yeah. asking permission to be in your skin, be in your hair, be in your space, um, use your voice. I had another consultant that came in and, you know, she wanted me to do the reporter speak, which I understand sometimes is valid, but that wasn't me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could do the reporter speak if you really want me to do. I can do it just like that. But yeah. I don't want to. Um, when I'm talking to somebody and then I go on camera and I'm delivering, I want them to know it's me. Yeah. When you hear me on the radio and then you hear me on the TV, you need to have the same voice. So I told the consultant, look, I'm not changing my voice. She didn't like it. But now that voice is a calling card. People mm -hmm. don't need to see my face in order to know that it's me, right. even though I work in TV. And I've had that a couple of times where, you know, um, I remember being at the radio station and I had gone shopping, just buying makeup or something. And I asked the clerk for something and this woman whips her head around from behind <laughs> me and says, I used Liz Madden at that time. And she says, you're Liz Madden, WDKX. And I was like, I am. She goes, I would know that voice anywhere. She had never even seen me on TV, even though I worked in that same market on TV every single day. She only listened in the mornings because she worked at night, so she didn't watch the evening news. If I had listened to someone tell me how I should be, mm -hmm. that would have never happened. So there's been lots of little lessons that I've learned that it's just better to be yourself. And then it weeds out the people that don't need to be there either. Sure. Um, recently, someone sent me an email and they were complimenting my hair and they said, you know, I'm so, um, it was a DM actually. And they were like, I'm so happy that you're at a station that allows you to wear your Afro, to wear your natural curls. And I said, don't give them props because I would not have worked at a station that did not allow me to do that. 
It was not. In fact, when I go on interviews, I make it bigger so that y'all know, yeah. like bigger than I normally would wear, just so y'all know. <laughs> so it's a <laughs> main. This is be. this is my crown. Don't forget it. That's what it is, and it's, <laughs> I think I just feel better that way. And we have to start demanding that of the spaces that we occupy instead of asking for permission. I'm not about that life, and also. Um, crouching down or acquiescing or we've done too much of that and we collectively just need to to stop you know there, there's no reason for it now yeah um i i, I interviewed um I interviewed one um person from a from a, a different news affiliate locally and uh I was just like, yo, what's up with the the corny like black guy on the news thing? You gotta de-emphasize your seasoning, and he started laughing at it because he knew I wasn't making it up, and 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 I definitely get that kind of vibe where, he, like, I've been talking to a lot of people for funding and connections and things that has either access or is funding, and I go in there like I normally would, and I call it a, I I I, I like to use this term. I call it like professional ignorance like look i don't set up meetings i'm calling you directly what's good you know ceo have you and i'm going to charm you i'm going to have a conversation with you and it's me yeah. being me but if i come yeah. in there hat in hand style hey sir can i blah 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 and put on some different kind of vibe the thing yeah. that is me that attracts people to my, my brand of podcasting i'm like so which one is you who's the real rob because everyone is craving that, honestly, secretly. They just, people crave connection and whether that's intimate connection or professional connection or whatever, I mean, and you cannot connect with a facade. There's no way. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing that and you're, you know, stepping into spaces and you're not yourself, it's just not gonna work. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that I learned that early, but I don't even know if it was a lesson. I think I just didn't like feeling uncomfortable you know, yeah. um, so I just was not going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Comfort is key. I mean, I, you know, I, I go to meetings with like, with like joggers on now, like, yo, what's good, man? I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah, I got my yoga pants on right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I got, I got two more real questions and then I got those yeah. rapid fire questions that no one can escape. They're like, they're like oh. tentacles, like the Kraken. Well, uh, dying on, Rob. Now I'm scared, but let's go. <laughs> Everyone should be. Uh, so, <laughs> as, as a uh, native Wisconsinite, that's a word yeah. to say. Uh, what did you know about Baltimore before, before like like coming here or what have you? Because um, I know you you moved around a bit before actually like landing in this region and working in this region. Yeah. Um, but and how has your experience as a transplant from maybe these other markets contributed to how you approach new, how you you approach your work? So I will say this. Um, Rochester, New York, Baltimore, Maryland, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I grew up, have a lot of similarities, um, a lot of similarities in terms of um, demographics, in terms of its proximity to other major cities. So Baltimore being close to DC, Milwaukee being close to Chicago, um, some of the same issues and ailments with, you know, violence and crime and poverty, but also the beautiful things, the mm -hmm. art, the, the food scene, um, the festivals, the people. Um, I really, really, um, I've been very fortunate that I've landed in cities that took care of me, supported me, communities that supported me. Um, I host the Cherry Hill Arts and Music Festival in Baltimore. This will be my first time in person, second time. Um, and I love going down and just like 
you know, being a part of the festival and meeting people and, you know, kayaking in the Patapsco and like, I, I mean, I just, I love it. I feed off of that. And it reminds me of what I was doing in Rochester at the Lilac Festival, um, you know, and in Milwaukee being on the lakefront, like they're great. Now I will say all of these cities stink in the winter. It's cold, <laughs> yes. guys, I will say that at least Baltimore seasons last as long as they should, but Rochester, y'all were tripping, Milwaukee, y'all were tripping. So <laughs> Baltimore, you went on that. Um, but those cities have shaped me. They really, really have. And I'm very grateful. DC, I love. My dad's Ethiopia. My mom is from Alabama. Um, but DC has my people, all the Ethiopian restaurants, you know, uh, the art. The, I, so I feel very much so at home um, in the DMV area. And then I host a show that's midday Maryland. So it's not just Baltimore, it's all of Maryland. Yeah. And I was like, someone's paying me to like, go and explore and eat and have fun like yo i'm never leaving like i don't know what to tell you but like, that's great it's great that's yeah great to hear. i hope i answered your question no, i meandered you, you, but no you did you, yeah. you're, you're you're batting 1000 percent right now oh, right. so good, yeah. on, good on you uh like some old baseball reference since we're in that season well i'm a perfectionist so i'll take it <laughs> uh, so this is the last question i have and this is this is more of a, an attempt to try to elicit maybe some some tips that that you kind of utilize because i think i have an answer but i'll at least ask it um so podcasting, hosting TV, radio, it, and, and, and reporting has, well, journalism has varying degrees of performance, right? Um, some folks can do it really well um, in some parts, and the other part doesn't really work. It's like, I'm great on uh, doing the journalism piece and the research part, but on TV or being the presenter, mm. not as well. How do you balance those journalistic skills while remaining a performer? Well, I don't perform when I'm doing journalism. So I don't feel I deliver. Well, and I project, deliver. Yeah. But I do perform when I'm doing commercials. I do car commercials. I've done furniture commercials. So that's performing to me. I, I just sort of I I wear a different hat in that. But um, I think concentrating on what I'm good at. So like I can edit and I can shoot. But those are not my strengths. Gotcha. It is much better for me to partner with someone where that's their forte and where I'm doing just the writing and the storytelling and the delivery. Um, I learned very early on that I am gifted when it comes to interviewing. Gotcha. I love interviewing in part just because I like talking to people. So it's not hard for me to have for questions or four questions and then meander or go on a tangent and still make sense of the interview or because I'm so big on connecting with people, pull something out of them in the interview that they didn't even know that they needed to express. Right. Um, so I think identifying your strengths and not being humble about that. I mean, being humble, but not, not saying like, oh, I'm sort of good at interviewing. Like, no, I am dope. I'm a dope interviewer. <laughs> so I need to do more of that. Like, I think sometimes we let humility um, take us away from our passions because we don't want to say like, I'm good at this thing because it seems like too, I don't know, self-righteous or stuck up or whatever, but you rob the world of your gift if you don't do that. Now, my gift, like I said, is not editing. Mm -hmm. Can I do it? Is it passable? Yes, but I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I don't want passable. In those situations, it makes more sense to partner. Yeah. Um, so I think identifying your, I wouldn't say weaknesses, but where you're not as strong yeah. and you know making sure to supplement that um teamwork makes the dream work and it will forever do that no one can do this stuff by themselves it might look like i'm doing it by myself but um 
even when I'm creating something by myself, there's somebody that I call to get input with or to edit something for me or to whatever the case may be. Um, you, no one does, no one's an island, you know. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you All for right, rapid that. fire. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I got I got four of them for you, and, okay. and, and they're kind of all over the place. But the key is to you know get get through it as quickly as possible. Um, okay. Favorite vegan Ethiopian dish. Oh, that's a good one. Um, so I love Goman. Goman is like a collard green, mm -hmm. um, and fortunately for me. Ethiopians fast, they're Ethiopian Orthodox, a lot of them, Christian Ethiopian Orthodox. So they fast almost the majority of the year, different times of the year, but if you add it all together, it's the majority of the 12, well, 13 months for us. Anyway, more of the story is that I have a plethora to choose from, um, but that, the cabbage, I'm set. Ethiopian food and Indian food, that's when I know that I could go plant-based because that stuff is, man, it was slapping even before I went plant-based, <laughs> so I was good. <laughs> that's great. What are three facts about you that might surprise listeners? Um, I didn't intend to be a journalist. I thought I was going to be an orthodontist. So that's one. Um, I have a daughter. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone because I talk about her all the time. Um, let me think. Something. Oh, I'm about to start fencing next month. Really? Um, nice. <laughs> Yes, I've always I've always thought about it. And then post-divorce, I was like, I'm doing all the stuff I've ever wanted to do in life. Um, and so fencing's one of them. And I found a little fencing club, and I'm going to take my five classes, and I'm going to see if I still like it after that, <laughs> but I'm doing it. And I paint. Um, I paint. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good, but I enjoy the process of it. Yeah. Um, so I would like to do more of that, but I want to take the fencing first. Well, on guard, I guess. We'll see. Don't mess with me. Uh, here's the last two. Um, your favorite travel destination? Um, I like to travel a lot, so I don't often repeat the same location that I'm traveling to. Yeah. Most recently, I went to Bali a, um, a couple of years back before the pandemic. Um, so I would repeat that one. But I feel like the world is a really big place. So... Not that I would never go back to a destination, but I wouldn't say like, oh, I have this favorite one and I go there year after year. I'm more so like, where else can I go? I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. And lastly, this is this is the political one that, that people just trip over. They get really upset about it. I've had some walkouts. It's been crazy. Uh, oh. Crunchy or creamy? Uh, peanut, peanut butter? Yes. <laughs> people people have some hot takes. I was like... <laughs> I'm not a big peanut butter person, but if I have to pick, I'm going with crunchy. Okay. I'm going with crunchy. We're on the same page there. We're on the same page. I mean, okay. why not? Go big or go home. Absolutely. It's a texture thing. Let, let's, why why exactly. does everything got to be easy? Look, That's chew, chew for your work. Chew for your work. That's what I'm People don't want to work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, that's all the questions that I have. Um, I want to one, thank you for coming on to this podcast. Of and two, course, thank you. Absolutely. And two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out online and all of that good yes. stuff. All right. Yes, of course. Follow me on Instagram at I am Elsa M. So that's easy. I am Elsa M. And then you can uh, go to my website. So that's just Elsa-M.com. 
And that's pretty much it. I mean, you can find me on Facebook, but who's really on Facebook right now? And eventually I will do a TikTok with my daughter only because everyone's forcing me, but I will not be dancing on there. Um, but when I've got it, I will let you guys all know. So there you have it, Instagram. folks. Instagram. Just go to Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yes. So there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Elsa and for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there is art reporting to podcasting, all of the good stuff in and around Baltimore. And you just got to look for it.